Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his dues in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battles for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. So, I mean, I was doing it all myself. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. How you doing? Strap yourselves in, pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services out of Clements, Maryland. HVAC install, maintenance and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Mike Wallace, it's you and me today, brother. What you? We can talk politics. We can talk the economy. We can talk the stock market. Or we can talk racing. Which do you prefer? Let's talk everything. <laughs> Let's do a little bit of both. You know, we've uh, this will be what our 36th show. That's right. Really excited about that. So we appreciate everybody that's listening over this time. But we're just going to talk today. We're going to let's talk a little racing. Let's maybe recap Kansas or talk about the All Star race. It's we're coming do up. All of those things. Yeah, and then um, I don't mind throwing a politic or two in there. I I, I can. I, <laughs> You're kind of opinionated. I, I know how know. to <laughs> disrupt people and uh, offend them and in a proper way. Well, it's easily done these days. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So what'd you do this week, Mike? In between shows, what? 
What's your big highlight? Well, I had two birthday parties. I had my uh, most recent, my daughter Chrissy, 34 years old. That was like, wow. Can't believe she's that old. So we uh, we hung out the house, did a few things, went and put, went to Top Golf. That was my second Top Golf experience of the week. I heard they told you not to come back or ask. <sighs> well, <laughs> after we gave them the credit card and we paid them, they said, please don't come back. You you, you disrupt the game. But uh, we had fun. I think I sent you a note and told you how crappy I was playing or something because I was there a couple days before that for Thomas, my son-in-law his birthday he was 40 now instead of just doing that we uh had a party over at their shop and if you're a bourbon lover you would have loved to been there because he had 40 different brands of bourbon no kidding because he was 40 years old and he liked bourbon that's clever uh, now who who thought of that would that be him or would that be uh lindsey that would probably be lindsey totally he's a bourbon guy you know we but she's the event plan She's the event planner. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, yeah, man. You, you want an event. My daughter, Lindsay, I mean, that's what she went to school to learn how to do, and she's been a mom the last four years. But uh, you give her a project, and it will be over the top, you know, when when and everybody leaves happy and fun, and there's pictures and memories, and it's like, damn, we need to do something like that more often. <laughs> how much bourbon was left over? Uh, Quite a bit? Yeah, well, there was a lot to start with. It wasn't just a <laughs> bottle of 40 different ones. It was everything. You know, our old buddy Chuck Howard, you know, sells liquor. So uh, we, that's right. The boys go down and see Chuck down there, Rock Hill down there, his little sauce monkey place. That's and, right. Uh, and then Chuck instigates. He stirs the pot because he's got some new bourbon out or, hey, this is a special one. It's a, it's only right. $740 a bottle, you know? <laughs> I see his posts every now and again on social media. I know he's having fun doing that, which is cool, right? I mean, for so many years, you, most of you will remember Chuck Howard was a sportscaster on uh, TV and radio. So oh, yeah. Now, now he's in the booze business. And he says, man, I wish I would have gotten a booze business many <laughs> years ago. So it's doing really well for him. That's awesome. But I think that's myself. What would you do this week, Jeff? Really nothing. I played golf once. I hurt my back. Uh, about three weeks ago, and I think I finally turned the corner on that. So how'd you hurt your back? Playing golf. Oh, not drunk enough. <laughs> Didn't have enough liquor. You not know, enough swing lube, Mike. Swing juice. That's called. <laughs> I, I I love this. I got to tell you the story. You'll you'll appreciate it. Just I uh, Doug Herbert, who does owns the Breaks Breaks Foundation. They have a charity golf tournament every year. It's over at the Speedway, and the golf course there was a Rocky River, Rocky Ridge, or whatever. Rocky River, yeah. Rocky River. So I don't play golf very well, but I said, I want to drive the golf cart, and I want liquor. And I'm going to get people to donate for each drink that I make them to, you know, the fund. The, the Breaks charity? To the charity. So we had uh, Tito's, I think, was the sponsor. So we had all the vodka we could possibly want. Very nice. And uh, so I created what I called Swing Juice. <laughs> And when I when they donated, they got a glass of swing juice that was right par stouter than hell, and very they, little juice. Very, it, it would make you um, your game really good. So I, <laughs> like me some Tito's. Got to be honest with you. Yes, sir. So yeah, and then they they opened up the pool at our uh, at our community this week. So we went over to the pool. A, a lot of times. people hang out at the pool. In really, the they don't. Really, Mike. It's a fifty-five plus community, yeah. and. Uh, Unless someone is there with their grandchildren, it's like having your own pool. So you got your own pool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there you go. I know. I I just I follow in your footsteps, man. I just, <laughs> I watch how you roll. All right. So I texted you, or you texted me over the weekend, and or, or it could have been Rich and 
they said, uh, hey, you watching the Kansas race? And I said, nah, man, I really wasn't. I was watching the golf tournament. I said, well, I'm, I better, we're probably going to talk about that on the show, so I better tune in. And I caught about the last 50 laps, so way to go, Kurt Busch, right? Yeah, without a doubt. And well, you, you said Rich a second ago, and since we're just talking about things, our, our the, the world's watching or listening to us. Rich is our, what do we call Rich? He's, He's our, our studio gr- producer. Studio producer. Yeah. And we're in a little room. I call it a luxury suite. And through a glass, Rich is sitting out there looking at us, staring at us through a key. What, what's that board thing he's working on? What do you call it's that? It's called a control board. Okay. So just that everybody's watching, there's three of us that do this show. Rich is out running a control board. He gives us, we got a, a clock in front of us, right? But getting back to Kansas, I was just thought I'd clue people in. <laughs> Spratty conversation. Once around all. the room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows who everybody is. We get, Jeff is to my right, and Rich is across through the window from both of us. But uh, Kansas, you know, we're from Kansas. Or not Kansas, but St. Louis. Close enough, you know, Close right? enough to Missouri. I was at the very first Kansas race when it was first built. Uh, you know, they built a racetrack out in the middle of nowhere. Now it looks like an urban development. No kidding. I mean, there's shopping centers, there's homes, there's an MLS soccer team right out in front of the speedway, you know, a, a soccer park. And uh, you're talking about build it and they will come. And I think it was ISC that had the foresight to do that because when they originally built it, they built all these what I called infrastructure roads around it. And I, I could never figure out what that was for. Now I know what it was for. It was for all them buildings that were going to build around the place. That's what they need to do at the Atlanta racetrack. That's the reason I stopped going there 100 years ago, because you can't get in and out you know, unless you've got a helicopter. It's <laughs> Atlanta, I swear, has been the focal point for conversation and traffic for as long as I've ever been in NASCAR racing. and uh, That was one of my first speedways I ever run. I, I like going there. But Kansas was good. looked like on, uh, on race day the weather was good. We had a breakthrough new team, new, not breakthrough. They won last year, but 23-11. Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin's team won right. with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. Now, listen, Kurt Busch, that is his, I want to say, nine, there, there have been nine consecutive seasons with a cup win for Kurt Busch. That's pretty cool, right? And he's won for four different manufacturers because he won with Dodge, Ford, Chevy, and Toyota. Yeah. Can you know, it's weird. I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I just read it on Twitter, and they said everything that comes across Twitter is for sure the truth. Yeah, right. Bob Pockris, who works for Fox, he posted it just now. Uh, we'd like to congratulate, first of all, Kurt Busch on his win on Sunday, but he just announced him and his wife are getting a divorce. Yeah, which— That's a shame. I think second, this is the second time second. he's— so been divorced. Who, who knows? We can only speculate who's the uh, the problem. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> in what? That relationship. What do we think? How's that work? He's going to be driving the twenty two and a half car. He's now, about or? to hand out uh, half of what he's got. So yeah, <laughs> he, instead of the forty five, he'll be driving the twenty two and a half. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that on such a high week for him and his team, but apparently, according to Bob Pockeris, who is uh, the insider in NASCAR Fox. Um, Says that's what's going on. He's just on, got so. some scoop, so he put it on the Twitter. Yeah, d- don't tell anybody. The Nobody Twitterverse. will know. The Twitterverse will let you know. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. But uh, the race itself, what did you think of the race? The part you watched. The part I, know, I watched. I know you I, were at the pool most of the day in your estate I did, setting there. So. I did go to the pool, and I did watch some golf. But I thought most of what I saw was good. I thought the attendance looked pretty good. Yeah. Right? So that's a good thing. And then I was just reading about the television ratings. Maybe down a little bit, but... But not much. I mean, there are still, what did I say, 1.2.3 million people that checked out that rate. Yeah, 2.337 million viewers 
for Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas. Now, you talk about it, and, you know, I was in the radio business for years, and, you know, when you go and you have a meeting with your your managers and whatnot, they compare how you are month to month and year over year. Well, we're, we're down year over year. Why do you speculate that is? Because nobody likes to be down year over year. But there are still 2.3 million viewers for yesterday's race at Kansas. That's not bad. It's down from 2.7 from year previous. But still, now why is that? Well, it was on FS1. You know, what happened to what happened to a major network carrying the NASCAR race? Yeah, so I think that's what a lot of people know that are in the sport that don't know outside the sport is that NASCAR has been used as a tool in the last X number of years to grow new networks. So FS1 is owned by Fox, right? Right. So if you put if that race would have been on Fox, the number had been double, right? The big the big station they call it. Or how did they say it? Might not have been double, but yes, it would have been more. It would so have been more. In all fairness, they compare Formula One racing and IndyCar racing, and they say, well, those are on their way up, and NASCAR is on their way down. I, I I disagree because years ago they took NASCAR and they hit it on one of the smaller channels on one of the smaller networks. So yeah, and and they've been doing that, and it's really a shame because I think our sport deserves or the business of NASCAR racing needs to be highlighted on a major network and when i say that major network the major networks everybody can get for free you know what i mean you can get it off your little old style rabbit antennas or whatever it might be and the fs1s of the world the which nbc closed their sn deal up it's out of business now but uh, you know you, you got to pay to get those services normally. you have to subscribe yeah, yeah. and uh you know, the end result is what every what I've been told, and I did a little bit of television, so I, I actually do know what I'm talking about here, is that everybody was trying to gun for ESPN. They became this sports mega giant, you know, made so damn much money for, for Disney that these other networks wanted to be them. So they had thought they needed to create their own sports marketing arm or sports division, and that's where FS1 come from. Mm-hmm. You know, not only FS1, they got FS2, FS3, right? There's there's like a list of them. Well, ESPN's got eight, right? The Ocho? Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but now they got all those streaming channels, and that kind of makes me angry just a little bit because what was it I wanted to watch? I think it was a Braves game uh, one day last week. Might have been Friday, might have been Saturday. I don't know. But it was on Peacock. And I thought to myself, well, I get I get Peacock. I signed up for that, no problem. Well, I get over to Peacock, and it's not on Peacock. It's on Peacock Premium, ah. which you have to pay four ninety nine a month for. And then a buddy of mine said, four ninety nine a month, dude. I said, yeah, but I never watch anything on Peacock Premium, so it's I'm paying four ninety nine to watch one damn baseball game, and and it's a matter of principle as well. So now, ESPN yes has ESPN, ESPN two. Now they have ESPN Plus. That's a streaming what channel. What is that? That's it's a streaming just... channel, too. So what is a streaming channel? Well, it's it's, a, it's just an extra channel that you can only pick up uh, f- off the Internet, I guess. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I don't really know. I'm, I'm fairly illiterate when it comes to all this technology, so I know how to vaguely work our remote at home. If, <laughs> if it gets into some, like, really going back and finding a movie or uh, – like Ozark, I watched Ozark on Netflix the other day. So I have to hand the remote. I throw it to Carla. I says, "Put put Ozark on there." She finds the Netflix. It's real simple to do, but I I never mess with it. So right. I get I get all this print up on my TV screen and 
channel this, channel that. I said, I just want the pictures. All I want. So Right. But a lot of times I have to call one of my kids. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, you're trying to pull up a streaming channel, and I'm like, hey, do we get Peacock Premium or whatever? No, you probably don't get that. It's $4.99 a month. Well, I'm not going to pay $4.99 just to watch one damn ball game. Right? <laughs> That's the way I am. All right? And then there's a couple of them, and I won't tell you which ones, but a couple of them that, like, one of the kids will subscribe to. So all you got to do is get their username and password, put it in over at your house, and you're watching whatever you want to watch. I have to tell you, <laughs> there is a. Well, just I won't even mention the name. There's a streaming service that you have to pay for, but it's got a lot of races on and different things and all that. So I thought I wanted to watch an Eldora race or something, a dirt race, and I thought, you know what, the heck with it, I'll, I'll buy the thing and. Then it was a one-time fee, and then they had a yearly fee. And I said, well, I'm just going to buy the yearly fee. I'll watch four races throughout the year. So I tell the whole family about it, right? Well, I don't realize the whole family's trying to log on at the same time I am. They get on before me, so I've paid for the service and can't get on to my own device. It's perfect. I know. Yeah. That's that's usually the way it goes with those things. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Listen, hey, let's talk about the all-star race a little bit because usually in Charlotte, North Carolina – this is the first of two incredible race weeks. You've got All-Star Weekend and then, of course, Speed Street, which they are doing this year, and they have moved it to Charlotte Motor Speedway. I don't know if you knew that. And then, of course, Memorial Day Weekend, you'll have the truck race Friday night, Xfinity race on Saturday, and a cup race on Sunday. So all of those. But this year they took the All-Star race, and last year, actually, and they're racing it at uh, Texas Motor Speed Speedway. So let's talk a little bit about that when we come back, because we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Reach out at BradyMechanicalService at gmail.com. It's just Mike Wallace and myself today on the broadcast. And we mentioned going into the break that this would be the first of two fabulous race weekends at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. The all-star race uh, this weekend is at Texas Motor Speedway. And I was reading a little bit about, you know, the all-star race. Mike, you have some experience in that, and, and you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. But the all-star race first run in 1985, and it was known as the Winston from 1985 to 1993. 1997 to 2003, the Winston Select from 94 to 96, Nextel All-Star Challenge 2004 to 2007, and the Sprint All-Star Race 2008 to 2016, the Monster Energy All-Star Race 2017 to 2019. So what are they calling it now? Is it just the All-Star NASCAR All-Star All Race? Race? You know, it's kind of be kind of interesting because honestly, you know, Texas Motor Speedway, which is a wonderful place, really fun, but I'm pretty sure this is the first year that Eddie Gossage, who was the track president, is not going to be around. He's, he, yeah, he's no longer he, there. He retired, so I don't even know who the president is now, but it will be a feather in his hat or their her hat, their hat. If they pull off this amazing event, you know, they and always... I'm sure they will. And I was just reading about something that's very Eddie Gossage like. I read that they because they do everything big in Texas, mm -hmm. they will have the largest can of Keystone beer to unveil <laughs> at the festivities this weekend in Texas. Now, now, that's something that Eddie Gossage 
or, or, or the boys, you know, Humpy Wheeler, you know, and those guys in Charlotte used to do. Stuff well, like that. Makes yeah, it fun. You remember when we talked to Humpy on our show a while back, we talked about how things are big and just do it. You, you, you're in a, you have a race, but ra- basically you have an event that there's a race at. Right. You know, they, they give things of fun for people. And how would you, of all people, a non-beer drinker like yourself. Right. Know anything about that big old can of keys? <laughs> it just caught my eye when I read that story. I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. The largest <laughs> can of Keystone beer in the world unveiled this weekend at Man, Texas. Man, I Motor wish Street. we could fly to uh, Texas with you and I and fly down there and let you consume some of that Keystone we have beer. A, we have a very large agenda that we've talked about over the, over yeah. the course of doing this show. We're going, we're going you, here, there, and everywhere, aren't there, we? There's going to be a week or a month of our life that everybody's going to say, where's Mike and Jeff at or Jeff and Mike at? And they're going, well, they're finally doing all this crap they ever said they were going to do. We're going to go to uh, Greg Anderson's race shop. We're going to go to Track House. We're going to go play golf. We're going to fly to Texas. We're going to be in Louisiana. We're going out to we're, the desert with uh, we're going Greg to Biffle. Greg Biffle. You know, I we we you know what? Let's make it a pack right now that we. You know, uh, there's a movie uh, like that. It's called The Bucket List. Is it really? Okay. <laughs> well, we need. You know, we got some really good offers. Some real fun things I to do. I know it. I know it. Uh, my buddy Doug Herberts claims he'll fly us wherever we want to go. Now All right, I, I'll take him up on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, they uh, talking about that. So we were talking about Chrissy's birthday party last week. Right. So. And I know we're just backing up, but I'm sorry. So, Lindsay, my daughter, we, uh, we, meaning my wife and I and Lindsay, my daughter, my son-in-law, went to Vegas a few weeks ago. So we go to a Lady Gaga concert out there. Well, I have no idea. I've never, never been to a Lady Gaga concert. Don't know nothing about it. I come to find out my daughter Chrissy is just this huge, huge Lady Gaga fan. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know this for all these years. So it was an incredible concert. I mean, it was really, really good. And so Chrissy's always the one is like, okay, what do you want for your birthday? Nothing. I don't need anything with that attitude. I don't need anything, you know. So her sister put her in her place this week. She for her birthday, our, our buddy Doug Herbert, drag racer. He's, he's got this cool little jet. So Lindsay bought her uh, third row back tickets for Lady Gaga at Truett Field in Atlanta, coming up. Oh no, kid! So they're gonna they're gonna hop on her jet here. At, at Concord. Fly to Atlanta. Fly to Atlanta for the concert, have dinner or a bar scene, and then fly back that night. So, uh, well, they'll, and they'll probably fly into uh, Peachtree to Cab Airport in Atlanta. And my wife's uncle and a couple of her cousins run uh, what is called Epps Air Service there. Oh, really? So they should fly into PDK and uh, park their plane at uh, Epps. Epps Air Service and let them. Uh, let them service the plane while they go off to the Lady Gaga concert. I will do that. How about so, that? Yeah, that's cool. It's a I mean, small just world. thinking about the uh, things that we have, uh, we people we've talked and met, and we just need to start doing it. Yeah, we might. I might die one day. Won't be able to do all that stuff. Nah. But not getting you. back to the All Star race, let's get back to the All. How did I get turned around so bad? I do that, don't I? Uh, you saw something shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, here we go. Let's. T- do you know the format for this year's All Star race? Uh, I know that you had to win to be locked in, uh, well, but no, I don't know the format. Right, so it's it's complex, isn't it, or not? Not really. The race will consist of four stages, 
with the first three 25 laps in length and the fourth and final being a 50-lap shootout for the $1 million prize. The new format has provided a major incentive to win any of the opening three stages or the pit stop competition during the break between stages two and three, and that's where it gets a little fuzzy. But say you win stage one, that means uh, you will automatically start, I think it's first, in the final segment. Same thing with stage two. Then there's a special stage break pit stop competition between two and three. Then another 25 lap feature stage three. Stage three winner starts third in the final stage. So first, second, third in the final stage there by winning one of the first three stages. Stage one winner starts first. Stage two winner second. Stage three winner third. Pit, a pit stop competition winner fourth. If a natural caution occurs between laps 15 and 25 of the final stage, standard race procedures will be in effect. If no natural caution occurs during that time, NASCAR will call an all-star competition caution. Winner of the stage four earns $1 million. You got all that? I do. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> I, I want to make a comment. And, and Rich, you nod your head. And Jeff, you, you talk and tell me. This million dollars that, that it pays to win... That's old money, man. They've been paying a million dollars forever. For quite a few years. Yeah. But still, I, I mean, I, you know, if somebody said, hey, here's a million bucks. Yeah, I know. But I watch these golf tournaments and stuff like that, that you make two, three million dollars to win a golf tournament, you know? I mean, I think it's time to, and it doesn't, it's certainly not egotistical because I'm not part of it, but I think it's time to up the ante on that all-star race. Let's let's make it exciting. Get, pay two million dollars to win the thing. We paid a million for what is it? You, you probably know how long it's been. Ten, I guarantee you 15 years. I would have to go years. back to, I think it was probably in the early 90s. Remember when they did One Hot Night? Yeah. And yeah. they ran they ran the All-Star Race at night. I think it was the first time that it was worth a million bucks, I yeah. think. Michael Waltrip won it, didn't he? Did he win that one? He did. That was He drove for the Wood Brothers. That was the one. No, Rich is telling me no. So, okay, whatever. Let's not go worry about trivial details. But they beat up the million-dollar deal long enough. Let's. Uh, it's time to at the you know like the PGA Tour has done. Listen, I mean you know it used to be big deal when when the PGA Tour uh, announced that the you know the purse was a million or, or several million and the winner received a million dollars. Well, they don't anymore. They receive one point seven, one point eight, right. or two million dollars depending on the tournament. So I think you're right. You may be onto something there. Hey, so and we'll jump off of that for a second. You mentioned there was a pit stop practice. Or a competition, competition during the All-Star Race. Did you happen to see last week at Kansas the uh, catastrophic failure on the right rear of uh, Eric Jones's car? A buddy uh, of mine texted me and said the wheels keep falling off these things. Well, but then they couldn't get the wheel off. And they, they have some pictures that – I now I haven't looked at this full sequence of them, but you can see them. they got a big breaker bar with about a four-foot, five-foot jack handle hooked in there, and they're trying to get this thing loose. Can't They end up taking, Jeff, they cut, they take a big reciprocating saw, and they literally cut the wheel off of the car to get to the nut to finally get it. They finally got it after seven laps they lost, uh, hmm. got the nut off of it. So that, you know, that's a big issue going on in the sport right now, and wheels falling off those cars. I mean, it happened to Chase Elliott over the weekend. It's happened every weekend. Well, let me ask you this, <clears throat> because they went to the one central lug. Yep. Okay. And IndyCar has been doing that for years. They don't have any problems, do they? Let they, me ask you this, because NASCAR crew chiefs are known to bend the rules, shall we say? Do you think that there may be some of that going on and, and that has uh, 
made the part somewhat defective? You know, I wish I'd say that was it, but all these crew chiefs, they're getting penalized so bad, and the teams are getting penalized so bad for wheels falling off these cars. They're not going to let it happen. There's some, there is some difficult. There's something going wrong. And uh, sometimes I think it's good to follow the leader, which uh, in this particular case, I would consult. NASCAR should consult with Roger Penske's team and go, give us all the history you got on single lug, nut, lug nuts. They know from Formula One. They know from IndyCar racing. But every week, every week we're having problems with wheels falling off. But in retrospect, did you see where this past weekend that Kyle Busch's team with JGR had an 8.37-second pit stop? Wow. Fastest in the history of NASCAR racing right. by far. Well, that's because they don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just it's one. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused. But I know. We're never going to get the the really good answer. I know that if you remember the first of the year, they took wheels from Penske Racing and Roush Fenway Racing, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, and they were going to act like they're going to find them. Then when they finally got them back and studied them, they realized they were only improving on the wheel because they had that single lug nut experience already. All right. So, you know, so who wins that million bucks uh, this weekend? Who knows? Most wins in the all-star event for a driver? Mike? Most win Jeff Gordon probably Jimmy Johnson Jimmy Johnson Jimmy Johnson with four wins, most wins for a team. Hendrick Motorsports of course with ten, and most wins for a manufacturer. That'd be Chevrolet. Chevrolet. So let's date just way back. Rich, you nod through the window at us. The first All Star winner was who? Nineteen eighty five. Daryl Walter. Was no? it Daryl Walter? Yes. I, there was one of them races where my brother Rusty and Daryl had this eighty nine. Eighty nine. That was it. That was eighty nine. Okay, I didn't. I was I, a fan, Mike. Were you? I know. Well, I know. You're smart on the series. <laughs> no, but I think it was. I think it was Daryl Waltrip, and I think. The oh, they win- blew the motor up coming across the start finish line, right? I think so, yeah. and I think the winner in eighty six was Bill Elliott. Okay. Because uh, was it eighty six? They ran in Atlanta. I think so. Yes, it is. Yeah. There you go. So. That was Rich, guys, coming in. There's Rich. <laughs> We're getting him up on his feet on the other side. I can, he, I can Rich, chime in every once Rich, in a while. Rich, getting excited and getting a little mic time. I didn't know Rich even had a mic <laughs> over there. It's like, whoa, a voice from. <laughs> well, join in, Rich, anytime. Heck, man, this is a free-for-all today. So we got the all-star race, and we kind of covered that. There's 20, I think there's 20 locked-in cars right now. And 20. Then, 20 in in the race right now, and then... And then uh, three transfer right out of the open? Or what, what and it, one of them is the fan vote, correct? So is that three or four cars? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's something like okay, that. Okay, so let's think. Fan vote. Who's not in the race, Rich, or Jeff, that would could get a fan vote? I don't have the lineup. I'm just thinking who hasn't... I'm who, thinking Tyler Reddick would be someone that would... Uh, I was going to say Danica Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. at one time, man. Oh no, I <laughs> right. That was a because what Daryl Waltrip called her the face of NASCAR. You know, yeah, I was like, wow, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, some some of that stuff's a little carried away, and I would have said someone else, but at the, at the same time, uh, I mean, things have changed. So, um. all right, so here it is: the NASCAR Open will immediately precede the NASCAR All Star Race and will consist of three stages: twenty, twenty, and ten. Each segment winner will advance to the NASCAR All-Star Race, so that's three, as will the winner of the fan vote. So four drivers will move on 
so, from the open. So whoever wins the first segment is in. Doesn't need to race anymore. He can just pull his car in the garage area, right? Well, I don't know if they allow that, but okay. I think they do. I think they. I thought they. I seen that once before. Yeah. But okay, so you get knocked out. Somebody else. Somebody else. It okay. Twenty twenty and ten in the open, and that starts. Yeah. I think at five thirty in the afternoon on the, on Sunday. So wow, there you go. that'd be hard and on then, the sun off of. Uh, and then you get a Blake uh, Shelton concert in between uh, the open and uh, oh, really? the All Star event. You know, Blake Shelton and uh, Clint Boyer are good buddies, and I see he's around a lot of NASCAR races anymore. There you go. Yeah. I like Blake Shelton. Yep. Cool guy. All right, here we go. When we come back, maybe we'll talk about uh, NASCAR in general again as we get ready to uh, welcome the Coke 600. When are we going to talk about politics? I Charlotte thought we were going to talk about that. We did at the beginning of the show. Oh, you don't we? remember? No. <laughs> I missed that part. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Today, it's just me and the man himself, Mike Wallace. We were talking about the Winston, the All-Star Race, whatever you want to call it. There were a couple of things that we forgot to delve into. One of which is that you you raced in the open. I did. Uh, I ran in the open and the All Star race uh, back in the nineties. Because you transferred from the open, correct? That, okay. that was one of the Just first years sure. they started creating a transfer. There was no fan vote back in the day, and I I ran second or third. I, I was driving Junie Donlevy's car, the ninety car for Halleck Myers, and um, I ran well enough to deserve to be there. You know, and then fantastic. Uh, I actually then as the you know in the All Star race itself, I led that race for some laps and. Like that's that was really exciting for me. And you each know? lap pays a million bucks, right? Uh, uh, gosh, if it did, they forgot. <laughs> we forgot to cash the check. You didn't get the check. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I got out of it though. Besides that particular night, and that cool deal, I I got this really. You remember back in the day when they there was a guy by the name of Jeff Hamilton who used to design leather jackets. Today people call them gaudy, but they were cool. They're still cool. They're right. different color leathers. They're heavy coats, but it was Winston on the front of it. Uh, the Winston Select or whatever the race was called. And uh, so I got this wearable trophy, and I got this really cool poster that I'm one of the drivers show, showing in the picture. And they, they have a separated. They, there's, there was some pit poster early on that they had drivers all together. Well, I want to talk about that, too. Oh, do you, you know the deal on that? <laughs> and so they started separating drivers and green screening them in and all that. And I have that poster, actually. It's a... Uh... It's on my wall upstairs. It's not much of a man cave, but I've got, from, from my many years in radio, I've got some gold albums, platinum albums, and stuff like that from over the years. Oh, that's major cool. Yeah, and I've got, uh, I've got some racing stuff up there, one of which is the Winston poster. Now, what theoretically, what year was that from? Because it had had Tim Richmond in it and Neil Bonnet, and there's a big story behind all that. Yeah. What, what year you reckon that was? Uh, 85, 86, maybe? It was 87. 87, all right. 1987. That's the infamous poster. And if you know the poster that I'm talking about, the first time I saw it was at the legendary Sandwich Construction Company, which became one of my hangouts in the early 90s, if those walls could talk. Just Boy, saying. no kidding. I remember. <laughs> I don't know if we get back to that poster, but Sandwich Construction. Was it Chris Sam? Polite and, Chris and Sam uh, owned that place, and uh, there was nothing else in the university area. and. Charlotte, North Carolina. So a lot of times I saw your brother there. That Rusty was the hangout, was there. man. You uh, were like. And then and John Boy and Billy used to host 
uh, a great promotion on the Friday morning of race weekend called the Breakfast of Champions. Yep. And I mean, gosh, a anybody who was anybody wanted to be on the show. They would come by in like 15-minute segments. They would sit down with John Boy and Billy and talk, talk about racing, talk about what's happening in their lives. And then they might sit on the edge of the stage and sign some autographs and stuff like that. So that was an unbelievable promotion. It will never be duplicated. But that was at the legendary Sandwich Construction Company. Back to that poster. It was so Tim Richmond was kind of standing behind Neil Bonnet. Correct. Looking, if you're looking at the picture, you're looking at the poster. They are on the left-hand side of the picture. Right. And and the rumor is that Tim Richmond has his unit out of his fire suit. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know exactly what you mean because I I've seen both versions of uh, that poster, and the poster that got released to everybody. Miss the Photoshop, the proofing. And at. everybody that sees that poster swears up and down that it's real, but you think to yourself, how could that possibly happen? But it, it did, and that's the poster. Well, it's the poster. It's the most famous poster in Winston history. Uh, as you said, Tim Richmond had his unit hanging out next to Neil Bonnet's ear. <laughs> and, and now we know why Tim Richmond had a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> oh, I can tell you because... <laughs> The man did good. <laughs> <laughs> he was well endowed, so to speak. I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, when I post the show on social media, as I always do, uh, I'll see post? if I can grab a screenshot of, yeah. of that poster, and, and I'll post that as well. If you don't know what we're talking about, and many of you do, because uh, that poster's been around for forever. It is infamous, and uh, I think it's the real deal. I'm just saying. I can add to that. I, I talked to the late Buddy Baker, and I asked him about it, and he said that he was walking with a cane that day, and it could have been the, the hook of the cane that you're looking for. Nope. I mean, it could have been. I mean, I'm just saying that's a possibility. Why would you have a purple German helmet on the head of your cane? <laughs> All right, Rich, you can't come up with the backup of that. That was devil's advocate. Nice try, Rich, but I'm not buying yeah. it. All right, we'll post that. It's a classic, is all I can say. And there's, it, it, it's, I'm sure a thousand percent. It was done in so much fun, good humor, and uh, it's still today is full of good humor. And when I can no longer walk, I want to get me one, one of those, those canes. canes, right? <laughs> <laughs> that Rich was talking about. In fact, yeah. I might just go do it before I can no longer <laughs> yeah. walk. What the hell? Stories to tell. All right, so far in NASCAR, we've had 13 races. There are two two-time winners. They are William Byron and our buddy Ross Chastain. And Ross races for Trackhouse Racing. Trackhouse, yeah. Justin Marks' team. We had Justin on the show. Uh, it sounds like an amazing organization. And, you know, from what I hear, everybody that works there says it's a great place to work. And it's not just a, a race team, right? Remember, he wanted to be an entertaining entrepreneur. Yep, I entertainment mean, company. Wasn't that yeah, how he described it? I mean, it? they're going to they're gonna put on events. They're going to put on concerts. They're gonna Racing is going to be part of what they do, not everything. So. I think you talked early in the show about how does NASCAR get to that new demographic. What did you say it was, 18 to something demographic? 18 to 49 is what they're after, Mike. And in the radio business, you know, for years at the Fox, anyway, we were 25 to 54, okay, because we were a classic rock station. But then the new management came in, and they said, we've, we've got a young, this thing up a little bit 
if we're going to appeal to, uh, you know, the advertising set that we want to appeal to. So you guys need to focus on how we're going to win 1849. And in my reading of the ratings for NASCAR versus ratings for Formula One, for IndyCar, uh, those guys are ahead of NASCAR 1849, and it's because the fan base for NASCAR has been around so long. You're, I guarantee you if you break down the ratings 35 plus, 35 to 54, or 35 to 64, NASCAR wins hands down, I'll bet. Mm -hmm. But uh, for some reason, the younger demos are kind of uh, gravitating toward Formula One and, uh, and IndyCar. Now, I also read an article that said maybe... It's where the races are found. We already discussed that to, to some extent, the, the networks. But maybe it's also in how the coverage is presented. So I continued to read that article because I thought it was pretty interesting. The Formula One races and IndyCar races will never show you a full-screen commercial during green flag racing, where, right. whereas the NASCAR group does. Now, they'll go side by side, you know. Right. But NASCAR actually breaks away during green flag racing for commercials, and that's a no-no, according to I didn't, the you know whiz what? kids of advertising. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't realize that. But thinking about it, the, some of the stuff I watch, I watched the Miami Grand Prix. I was uh, I was really wanting to learn about uh, the production at Miami, you know, because they they were catering to a whole new audience, that young audience. They had a, what we'll call a fake marina built in between the racetrack. They they just had fun stuff to do. They created an event, and uh, I don't know, you know, we were talking about Justin Marks, and I think maybe someone like the Trackhouse Entertainment Group is going to bring a lot to NASCAR and give them. You know, some ideas and thoughts of how because to, he's how, a younger guy and he's thinking out of the box, right? Yeah, yeah so this is uh, he was pretty clear on our show, and you can pull back up our Justin Marks interview and, and listen to him. That uh, let's put it this way if NASCAR doesn't, if the upper management doesn't listen to someone like him and others, then we're just going to get the same end results because they haven't been able to fix that demographics yet. Right. But yeah. I, I think they will. And I think who is it that uh, that's running the show with regard to that? Because he was a big in putting the clash on in uh, Los Angeles. Right. Well, St Steve Phelps is the president. But Ben Kennedy, yeah. who is the grandson, he's Lisa Kennedy's son, uh, the grandson to Bill France. He was the one. I believe Mike Helton told us when Mike was on that it's his thumbprint all over the stadium event out in Los Angeles. Right? Isn't that what he right. said? So you're going to have people like Ben Kennedy, who is all indications he, he's, he's really smart. I, I've only ever said hi to Ben. I used to race a truck against him on occasions. He was a racer for a while. Yeah. But they say he really understands the sport and, you know, got that young demographic. He, he, he's young. He knows what. So it's going to be guys like it's going to be guys like him that, that promote the sport and take it to the next level. Did you also read that Formula One has just secured a race in Las Vegas in 2023? Well, I, I did two weeks ago when I was in Las Vegas <laughs> yeah. because I was staying at the Bellagio and it runs right basically start finish lines right down the street. How so cool I, is that going to be? Did you see? I mean, well, I've been jumping around, but did you see that at the same time? Now, just last week, F1 announced our Liberty Media. They bought $240 million worth of property adjoining the strip to build the garage areas and everything on. That's how invested they are. They're self promoting the event. Okay. So they bought like 30 acres, and it was $240 million bucks. 
Oh, it's going to... And to think guys, I used to work for Liberty Media, and I thought they were cheap as hell. I didn't know who they were <laughs> until they bought Formula One. Who were they? What did they Levy, fired everybody. What did Levy no, it was about their, their, uh, their half-owner of iHeartMedia, the company that I used to work oh, for. Oh, really? And they own the Atlanta Braves. Oh, okay. so they're, they're big players. Yeah, well, they're big players, yeah, but they their track record is they don't necessarily spend a lot of money investing in... The, you know, I mean, the Atlanta Braves don't have one of the highest payrolls in Major League Baseball. iHeartMedia has probably done everything they can to to cut, you know, top line to achieve bottom line in the radio business. Just business, right? Yeah, it's just business. It's nothing personal. <laughs> nothing personal at all. So think about that. I want to go back to that. And, and you know we're talking NASCAR. Talk about that F1 race, okay? So now we had uh, CODA, Circuits of America, in Austin, Texas, got an F1 race. They now have an F1 race in Miami. That's a 10-year deal. So that's no, it's going to be in Miami for the next 10 years. They've signed a third now in Vegas. Entertainment capital world. Amazing. I think the race comes off or starts like at 11 o'clock East Coast time, you know, at night type thing. There are going to be people there who have been up all day and night. Yeah. So when we were in Vegas, and I only because we were there, the NFL combo, our, uh, draft was going on. Right. Didn't know that. But the whole talk, I swear, was about the F1 race. You talk, you run into somebody in the elevator. Yeah. Hey, you know there's an F1 race coming to Vegas? You it's talk great. to the cab drivers. Oh, can't wait till the F1, you know. Well, can't wait for the F1 race to come to Vegas, you know, every, yeah. every type. Yeah, I mean, NASCAR's been racing in Vegas for quite a few years. Yeah. But, but not through the streets of Vegas. No, they're going to race I mean? right down the Las Vegas Strip. That's they're going to go by the... the the fountains at the Bellagio, they're going to end up down there, going to make a, le a quick left and quick right and come back up the bow. Man, it's... So the hype around that race is going to be amazing. It already is. And, you know, so that so Formula One is uh, is kind of on a roll. Well, good for them. Anyway. Yeah. All right, here we go, screaming into race weekend. You've got uh, the All-Star Race in Texas this weekend and, of course, three races at Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord following weekend, Memorial Day weekend, uh, which would be the truck race on Friday night, the Xfinity race on Saturday, the cup race on Sunday. Oh, and Speed Street is back. I'm excited about that. I can't I, remember who the country artist is. I should have looked it up. But Steve Miller, the Steve Miller Band, is the classic uh, rock <clears throat> You, you you're the music guy. You know all about the. Who, tell tell me who Steve Miller is. I've heard his name forever. You're kidding me? No, I really don't. I don't. Steve Miller Band was one of the biggest yes, artists I'm, of the seventies. Okay. The Joker, Take the Money and Run, Jet Airliner. Jet Airliner. I know that. Rock that, that was keep Steve on Miller. Rocking me. Okay. Uh, you know. So the major name. What would you have there? Abracadabra. Which is the worst Steve Miller song is, of all it, time. It is probably one of the most <laughs> played from the eighties from Steve Miller. Yeah, well, Steve Miller was Steve Miller's heyday was the seventies. That was his rich, heyday. But okay, I, but I understand that. But what is probably one of his biggest hits from the eighties? Abracadabra. Yeah. Abracadabra. That's right. Most how's that go, that. Yeah. Jeff? How's Abra, that? Abracadabra. I wanna reach out and grab you. Okay. No, you don't know that uh, one. No, Mike? I don't. No, I don't. How about how about Living in the USA by the Steve Miller Band, which actually came out in the late '60s. Living in the do 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 do. Living in the USA. I can't believe I'm singing on this podcast. No, I'm glad you're good at it because I just <laughs> I'm uh I, I know those songs, but I, I'm not. See, I listen to music. But I don't hear the music. Does that make sense? And Steve Miller's an old guy because he's been around for a long time. His dad was best friends with the creator of the Les Paul guitar. The man's name 
was Les Paul. So when Steve Miller came home from school, oftentimes his dad would be hanging out playing the guitar with the one and only Les, Les Paul. Paul. How crazy is that? And there we go. Is it break time? Let's take a break. We, we, we still got more to talk about. Let's take a break. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services out of Clements, Maryland. Good guys. HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. It's just you and I today, Mike Wallace. And a couple of weeks ago, we had Steve Johnson, Steve Johnson Motorsports. He's a pro stock motorcycle driver, driver. as I learned. And uh, he had a hell of a couple of weekends, one in Houston. One here at Z-Max Dragway, and they went up to Virginia over the weekend, and things didn't work out quite as well. So he was going for three in a row, and it didn't happen. Yeah, but, but you uh, know, in our world, we say he finished second. But uh, you know, do you know how hard that is at any level of motorsports? Of course, you do. Yes, it is. To 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 win two weeks, to not only just win, but to be dominant two weeks in a row, which they were. Yeah, so they were going for three in a row. They've had incredible performance. I mean, they uh, you know. Steve's got a little bitty race team. I mean, he drives his own truck and trailer. He got rid of his big truck and trailer. He got a little dually and a little 24-foot trailer. That's right. what he shows up with, <laughs> which the motorcycle doesn't know how it got there. But he just heart and soul in that deal. So it's co so cool. And, and I really think a lot of this success that a lot of people have had this year is because they've been on our show. I think we create good mojo. And, vi you know, I mean, I'm looking here You want, as soon as I get back to it. We have Steve Johnson, right? He's two out of three races. He's leading the points. We had Jerry Gappins. He's got the biggest deal in dirt racing right now. He's promoting the Eldora. The newly appointed, uh, is it general manager of uh, Eldora Speedway? Yeah. Uh, we had Bubba Pollard, who's the great, one of the best short track racers in asphalt racing. He's been winning a bunch of races. Justin Marks. I'm just giving you some of the names I'm scrolling through. Matt Hagen, who is a drag racer. Drag racer, He's yeah. Leading the points. I saw his name. He was here at uh, Concord for Z-Max track yeah, at the four yeah. wide nationals. So, I mean, man, do you realize how many cool people we've had on our show? Yeah, actually, it's a good thing. I think it's good luck to be on this show. That's what I meant. I'm that's just saying. They, that's how they – I'm right? bringing it up because these people have never had this type of year, but they came on our show and they kept started winning so, and kept winning. So Could be karma. I, I think – we got it going on, Jeff Kent. <laughs> I'm just saying. So what else you got playing? What else? We talk racing. I mean, we getting... talked about, well, you brought this up. We talked about uh, Kurt Busch and his win over the weekend in Kansas. But uh, Kyle Busch has some news. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know, this is a really sentimental story. I mean, a lot of people, you know, are you, you love Kyle Busch or you hate him. There's no in between. There's not. But him and his wife, and it's very, very public. It's nothing that, like, we're breaking the news. Him and his wife, his wife Samantha, had uh, you know had a little challenge conceiving a child, and they had a, their first son, Brexton, I believe, was brought through a surrogate, and they just were able to bring home a new baby girl, and they they are really into. I think it's called Bundle of Joy. I'm not 100% sure, but they're really adamant about helping people that are having problems conceiving children, which come to find out is a big problem. You know, a lot of women have that problem, and. Uh, but I like just telling him, you know, him and I aren't like palsy wowsies or nothing, but congratulations to him and his 
Samantha. She was, you know. The, that's a big deal, and you know it's got to be somewhat of a distraction for a guy that's got to travel, go racing, and your wife's getting ready to have a baby, and you know. You know, I was listening to him talk at Darlington, and they actually, uh, oh, I don't know. They had, a, I'll think about it in a second. They had somebody on standby for him down there. Oh, no kidding. That because now they had a surrogate, meaning a, a lady carrying their baby. But he was going to be at that delivery. Right. So he says, I feel weird, he says, because Samantha's like the husband, and I'm the guy with no responsibility. <laughs> and uh, But it was, I don't know, I guess I paid attention to the deal because uh, my wife had talked to Samantha year, not my wife, my, my daughter, Lindsay, talked to Samantha. And they, you know, just, there, there's real heartfelt stories out there, and everybody's a human being, and it's just cool. Good for him. Yep. Good for the wife. Good for the family. Yeah. Uh, that's outstanding news and and great to hear. You know, we we always talk about this big major racing that we all know as NASCAR. Uh, do, do you know anything about Millbridge Speedway, Jeff? I don't. So Millbridge Speedway is a little racetrack located right up here in I don't know if the official word is Salisbury, North Carolina, but it is right off the interstate there. And Millbridge is owned by uh, Jeremy Burnett, who is Randall. We've had Randall, who Randall. is Randy was on the show. Tyler Reddick's crew chief. And on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights, it's become the most famous racetrack in the country. They have midgets. They have uh, micro sprints. They have little wing go-karts. So tonight, which is a Tuesday night, everybody that's got a kid that races that's in the NASCAR world takes their kids to Millbridge. To race or to watch? To, to, they, the dads and moms, go to work on the cars the kids are racing. Right. So it's like this big cup NASCAR star night every Tuesday night, but it's the kids that are racing. And then tomorrow night, the heroes will race. William Byron, Chase Elliott, you know, Christopher Bell. They all run little wing cars out there on a, on a Wednesday night. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What's the name of it again? It's Mil- called Mill Bridge. Millbridge Speedway. You can probably just Google that online. And yeah, and it's just you, if you're somebody's in the Charlotte Metro area, Salisbury, Concord, and you're looking for something fun to do, and I don't know how, what made me think about it. I guess because we said we were going to talk about whatever on the show today, right? Look them up online and check them out. Let's yeah. talk about next week. we got a guest lined up for next week. We do have a guest lined up, and I'm really excited about it. It's Justin Algar. Right. And uh, how stories go, I knew Justin's family before Justin was born. His dad, Gator, which everybody calls him Gator. Mike Algar is his name. But Gator was the hardest working tire guy in the Midwest. He owns Hoosier Tire Midwest, which is now the biggest tire dealer in the Midwest as far as Hoosier racing tires. And um, so I've known him forever. I talked to Gator a while back. I was asking about the tire shortage uh, that's hitting all the short tracks around the country. And People that don't know what I'm talking about, in the short track world of asphalt and dirt racing, there's a tremendous tire shortage. And, uh, you know, they keep blaming it on uh, material goods or this, that. Well, the real end result is there's just more short track racing going on than ever. He told me that they got they sold 350,000 more tires last year than they've ever sold. Right. 350,000. And that's Hoosier. Yeah, it's Hoosier okay, alone. That's yeah. one manufacturer. Yeah. So getting back to it, you asked me. So I'm taking Gator. I says, hey, how about having Justin call me? And I'd like to see if he'd come on the show, you know, because the, I pride our, you and I on this show that these are f- basically friends, people that come off of our phone that come on our show. We're not going through any 
booking deals or PR people, nothing like that. So I had a clear blue the other day. Justin calls, says, hey, what's going on? I said, man, I didn't think you'd call. I said, talking to your dad. He says, I'm excited. Can I come on your show? <laughs> Just like that. I'm excited. Can I come on your show? And it's like, wow, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Would you come on my show? So uh, we, uh, Justin Algar is going to be on. He just won Darlington. Right. Uh, the other thing he and David Reagan have in common, we had David or Justin, I come to find out, is the Chevrolet test development driver for the new car. Right. He's their wheel, they call it wheel force driver. So he told me he was, that was Sunday we talked. He says, I love sitting here watching this. He says, you know, I'm old now. What, 35? I don't know. Something. Right. But uh, <laughs> he says, when them Chevrolets run good on, on Sunday, I have something to do with all of them. Makes him feel good about it. Yeah. That. So next week, uh, Justin Algar will be with us. We'll talk to Justin. And then good things are going to happen for him because that's what happens when yeah. you appear on this show. Yeah. I mean, when you, you got to realize when you're working with just world-renowned talent and you get experience Exposed on a show of this caliber, nothing but good things can happen for you. <laughs> yeah, he, he, right, believe, he believes in himself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there should be no lack of confidence. Uh, I, I've got it all. There's not much ego left in her family. I took all of it. No. <laughs> well, Just kidding. Let's put. But, a, you let, know what I'm going to do though? When we're done, I'm going to sit in. I'm going to race the WRL series in Daytona Interna at Daytona International Speedway on June the 10th. Nice. It's a 14-hour road race. I'm going to be one of four drivers. I'm going to drive a, a little Ford Mustang. It's got a Roush Yates motor in it. Um, you know, and it's it's not the super high-performance ones, but it's just a fun class. And uh, On the so, big track or the road course? On the road course. Gotcha. But, but at Daytona International Speedway. And uh, so I'm going to go the finish. The world center. The speed. world center of motorsports. <laughs> and... Um, I'm going to, when we get done with our show, I'm going to go finish my seat sitting, setting the seat, you know what I mean? Making sure right, everything get fitted, fits. Yeah. Get fitted. And um, that's what I'm up to. What are you going to do the rest of the week? Uh, I really don't have any plans. I'm going to play golf one more time this week, and then uh, I have no further plans, no further agenda. Okay. It's cool being me right now. Do you, when you get up in the morning, <laughs> just seriously, I mean, see, a lot of people don't know Jeff Kent. But Jeff Ken is famous. Yeah, used to like, be. Okay, used to be whatever. Hey, it's always better to be some, had been somebody than never be anybody. Right. You know what I mean? So Jeff was uh, very, very well known in the Charlotte metro area and met other, many other areas. I just, from here, uh, in, in the radio world, I mean, everybody, he talked about the John Boy and Billy big spectacular earlier. He was part of that whole I thing. I worked with those guys for 30 years. I worked on the air at 99.7 The Fox here in Charlotte, and I also ran the programming department. So all of the things that came out of those speakers, whether it's the music, the personalities, the promotions, all of that. Well, you know, as when I was talking to Justin Algar, I was telling him, you know, you and I do the show, and you sit and he says, Jeff Kent, I know the name. I says, do you, I says, do you know Jeff? And he goes, I don't know, but I know the name. He says. I, I, I says, well, it, every, there's a few Jeff Kents out there. Let's just. Oh, well, I mean, I, you know, the, one was a baseball player. One was uh, within the past ten years the superintendent at Quail Hollow. There was a guy named Jeff Kent who was. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, ran that golf course. So oh, wow. I, I'm not the only one. But uh, hey, I'll take it if he thinks he knows me. Uh, I think he does. Everybody knows you, Jeff. That's, that's Talk about Quail Hollow. You're a golfer, right? You Quail love Hollow's golfing. beautiful golf. Yeah. Course. So uh, I guess they got what do they got? The President's Cup there later. President's in Cup in September. Yeah. Yeah. So I see Johnny Harris announced yesterday it will be the first 
Carolina Panthers home game he has ever missed right. because he's the boss he's of Boston. Yeah, he's going to be out there at the golf tournament, and they're playing golf that same uh, Sunday. And I was reading an article where he they they tried to work with the Panthers and the PGA whoever to get that that date wouldn't conflict because he's never missed a Panthers home game. All right. So, but the golf is going to take the, president. That's the way it is when you're Johnny Harris. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, man, I enjoyed the show today. We look forward to Justin Algar next week. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media.